Welcome to our podcast. My name is Rick Shields, and I'm happy to be joined with our co-host, Mike Atkinson, on this episode. Mike and I serve together to direct the Doorways Leadership and Influence Network. You're listening to Season 2, Episode 7. We're going to have a follow-up conversation with Dusty Price, a formerly incarcerated woman who is serving Jesus wholeheartedly with her husband, Jack. Before we get into our conversation with Dusty, just a reminder that your feedback is really important to us. If you have a suggestion for a guest or a topic, please let us know. You can drop us an email at info at doorways.cc, and we'll see how to incorporate that into our podcast schedule. Again, that email address is info at doorways.cc. We would really appreciate both your feedback and your input. Mike and I spoke with Dusty on our previous episode, and we wanted to add an important second part to that interview. So thanks for joining us as we talk about cool shoes and cancer. This is the Doorways Leadership and Influence Network podcast, where we talk about leadership and influence and their role in advancing the kingdom of God. I'm Adam Hoke, and we're so thankful that you're with us today. Thanks for making this time investment with us. Are you ready? Let's get started. Now, Dusty, you're a formerly incarcerated woman. You have a felony conviction, but you're able to volunteer to work in a prison. Absolutely. Um, my background check with them took a little bit longer than everyone else's, probably than you or Mike's would. <laughs> um, so I don't know about Mike's, well, but we don't, mine. We don't know that. We don't know that for sure. So. <laughs> well, I'm going to surmise, Mike, that that you would be a good candidate. You know, Mike, there's a funny thing about prison. Um, and Rick, I, I, I'll share that with you too. The entire time you're in prison, you're counting the days until you can get out. Like you have a calendar and you're counting and you're counting and you're counting. And now that I'm out of prison, I'm counting the days in between I can go back. Isn't that, it's just funny how God brings that restoration into our life. Now, wait a minute. Uh, you said counting, take and go back. I want to make sure we understand what that means. <laughs> okay. So, that's that was kind of my segue in, into the into the next answer of your question is really I am part of the prison fellowship network. I have been with them since about 2017. And so as part of that, I go into Mabel Bassett Correctional Center in McLeod, Oklahoma. It's the Oklahoma Women's Maximum facility. And I facilitate classes. I've taught faith and finances. I've done Alpha, Stephen Covey's class seven habits of effective leadership. So there was just, just a lot there. So I have the opportunity now to bring into prison what was brought into me. I have the opportunity to bring Jesus to the ladies that are that are lost, that are the least, that are forgotten. You know, when people go to prison, they're really a forgotten population. Prison is expensive. It's not only expensive on the incarcerated, but it's expensive on the incarcerated's family. And so if you live far away from, let's say that you, you're from Guyman, but you're incarcerated in Mabel Bassett, that's a long road trip and you have to pay for a hotel and you have to pay for your food. And if you're visiting your person, then you, you bring money so they can have snacks during your visit. So if you add all that up, you're looking at five or $600. It can be at a pretty expensive trip. So my joy comes from being consistent. That's such a big thing in prison ministry. I'm there every Monday. They know that they can count on me. And if they don't get to see their family, then I get to become their family because I'm loving them like Jesus loved us, like he loves us now. 
still enamored by by the story and how God's um, turned the, the situation completely around. But personally, who do you listen to? Who who do you lean to as far as leadership, uh, information, knowledge, uh, kind of who do you try to, to follow as far as your leadership skills and abilities? Who do you try to learn from, grow from? I'm not a huge podcast girl. I'm more of a reader. So I'm reading a book right now called Crucial Conversations. Really, really good book. I listen to Craig Rochelle's leadership podcast because I, I found a lot from that. Just, you know, he's got a lot of really good nuggets. There is a lady that I really like that I'm sure you heard of. Her name is Brene Brown. I've mm-hmm. read a lot of her yep. books. She talks a lot about being vulnerable and standing in your truth. You know, she has that thing of it's okay. I think the thing that I really enjoy about having a wide range of people that that I listen to is you you get different viewpoints. I really like, have you ever read Brennan Manning, yeah. The Rag of Gospel? She's just wonderful. Yeah. And I like that they all point you back to Jesus. Someone who's been really influential in my life was Anne Voskamp with mm-hmm. her book, The Broken Way, and also with her book, The Things to Be Grateful For. Gratefulness was a big part of my journey early on. I was telling Rick earlier that um, in January of 2016, I made seven seventy-five an hour, and I was living in the hood of Oklahoma City. I mean, you know, like, won't God do it? And so when I I think about those times, the thing that saw me through is I never gave up, and I never ever, no matter how hard it was, I never took my eyes off Jesus, never. And that's the thing that saved me, absolutely. Dusty. We're proud of you because we also know you took intentional steps. And so it's not to lessen the work that Jesus has done in your life, but we neither do we want to lessen the things that you have done. And that is you've taken intentional steps. You've been faithful. You've worked at this and God is putting you in a whole new position than you've ever been in before. I can't think of anyone else that I know that has such a huge practical impact than you do. And so I want to give you the opportunity. You've got an audience in front of you um, or that you're speaking to at this point. So what are some words of wisdom that you could give us in in dealing or coming across those that have previously been incarcerated? What can we do can have an impact? I think you talked about being consistent and and showing up, listening, but, but what are some things in practical ways that we can help? If you're going into prison or you're going to be meeting people that have been in prison, wear the coolest shoes you have. Mm -hmm. If you have the, and I know that sounds really (laughs) random, but if you have the coolest Nikes or on clouds or whatever that is, shoes are a big currency in prison. I translate that into when I wear my cool shoes, it also gives me the strength to carry the gospel because those shoes will get me into places that if I just had on a basic pair of loafers, they will not. I'm hosed. Gotcha. <laughs> I'm going nowhere. So my wingtips would not go very far, huh? They they really, I mean, unless they were Colhans, I mean, <laughs> then maybe. And I say that because, you know, last Friday I was at Eddie Warrior with some of the ladies from Dress for Success and they were like, give us your advice. I said, wear your coolest tennis shoes. Like if you have a really cool pair of shoes, you, you, you bought them, like whatever, wear them. And those shoes sparked so many spontaneous conversations because people were like, oh my gosh, I love your shoes. 
and it's such an interesting thing. Well, I can wear my tacovas. It sounds like I've got some some ostrich tacovas. So I maybe I can do that. Yeah, there you go. Well, I think the other thing that that I wanted to talk about, Rick, and I forgot is I think it's so important for people that are getting out of prison to have a fence. And I know that sounds really odd, but you know, I remember when I really gave my life back to my to God, and I called my dad and I said, "What do I do? Like, how do I do this?" And he said, "Sister, you you need a fence." He said, you need really clear boundaries. And I'm sitting, I'm like, I'm sitting behind a lot of razor wire and I need a fence, but we do. And so my habit, and it it still is, is to spend time with God and get up early. It hasn't been so much since cancer and all the things, but I'm, I'm getting back to it and just making that time be intentional and making that time of prayer, because those are the habits that sustain you. You know, the thing that sustained Jesus when he was tempted in the wilderness is he knew the word and he could recite the word. And those are the things for, especially for people like me that have been so broken, that lend us strength. Because sometimes of our own volition, we don't have that strength. But if I build that fence every day, not only does it keep me in place, but it gives me the strength that I need when I need it. It's my prudent reserve, if you will. Dusty, forgive me, but when you say we need a fence... I didn't immediately go to a barrier. I went to a person that you can (laughs) try to sell some stuff to. And I'm going, you need a fence. And your dad told you that? Wow. (laughs) What a guy. (laughs) What are you reading, Mr. Shields? (laughs) (laughs) That's the one thing we didn't tell everyone was that you are a cancer survivor. That in just the last year, you were diagnosed with breast cancer and underwent treatment for that. And we're able to ring the bell here a few weeks ago. And you, when we spoke one day this last week, you mentioned how much that having cancer and having the treatment, what that took out of you. When people say cancer sucks, it's not just that they're saying it's, it's a bad deal. It literally sucks life out of you. It does. That and the treatment. And Mike, you, you're, you're a survivor as well. So that's an important thing for us to bring up. I think you're, you're cancer survivors. You're on the other side of that, but you were in the middle of it. And that, those are hard days. They were hard days. It's, it's God though. Like, that's the thing at the end of the day, I tell my girls at Mabel all the time. And the girls I mentor, if all you have left is Jesus, then you have a lot. And I'm so thankful for Jack because he's been such a rock for me. And when I didn't have it, he had it. And the times when he didn't Mm -hmm. have it, I had it, you know, and that's such a beautiful thing to have that faith for your partner and to be able to bolster them up and lift their spirits. And cancer has long arms. There's so many things in your life that it touches. I woke up on Wednesday last week and I just, I didn't feel, feel good. So I was lazy all day, but I needed to be because I'm still recharging my body. It's just, it's an, it's an interesting adventure on the other side, getting back to who you used to be for sure. Mike, how long did it take you in your recovery before you felt like you were back near a hundred percent? Well, first of all, it's my cancer, the uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. My oncologist put it this way, that if you're going to have cancer, my cancer was the type to have. So when I hear other people going through treatment or whatever, I always put myself in a different classification because I feel like I had it easy compared to others. So I don't ever want to feel like I'm being, I can compare what I went through to, to anybody else because I feel blessed. I, I remember being in the treatment room and 
the person next to me telling the nurse that they felt good because they were able to keep some soup down that week. That immediately struck me because I would I would get treatment and then be down for a couple of days and then then I was back in the office. So I, I never really missed too much. And it's but it was still probably a good year before I my body uh, kind of started feeling somewhat normal again. What I had, I sometimes have struggled with saying that it was was actually was actually cancer, but it was. But that's the cancer that my dad was just diagnosed with. Yeah. So there there are different grades, different types. So I had the very non-aggressive uh, type, and so the moment I met with the oncologist, uh, he was so positive. You know, it completely turned uh, my thinking process around on it. And you know, we started this conversation talking about incarceration and being prisoners. And the truth is cancer made you a prisoner too. Yeah. And yeah. while, while you're this prisoner, there's limited number of things that you can do afterwards being released. It's a time of reacclimation back into society too, after your treatment. So yeah, in, in many ways, Mike, uh, you, you share a story with, with Dusty that I don't, I can't fully appreciate. I've not been there. I appreciate you guys being open and, sharing about uh, your journey. Absolutely. Okay, Rick. So we've had the opportunity to talk a little bit with Dusty and hear her story of transformation. So let's unpack a little bit of what, what all we talked about, what kind of things struck out um, at you first. You know, I've had a chance to talk with Dusty a lot over the last year or so that we've known her and she has found some ways to use some great euphemisms. And one of them she mentioned to me just recently is that God has turned my mess into a message. What a powerful thing. It's simple words that explain it all, that the messes of our life only remain messes if we let them. God wants to turn them into something good and powerful and use them to advance the kingdom. And so being able to take what many would consider a situation that's unresolvable or unworkable and then to utilize that to minister to others such a a gift for her to just her ability to do that and it's that's not common and you know the other thing that happens again uh, backstage that we didn't have a chance to record this we wouldn't have been appropriate to dusty feels a lot of shame from her past it's very difficult for her, though she shares these things and they come off just as if they're it's common for her to share. It's not common. It is never common for her to share these things. And she does so and and it brings her maybe anxiety isn't the right word, but it, it brings her pain to be able to share them and yet joy to be able to share them at the same time. And I wish that we were able to see that and experience that more clearly because it's not just dusty, but it's all the dusties of this world. Right. People who have made these mistakes and given the opportunity, they would do things so differently. And now they carry around instead, uh, not a badge of honor, but a badge of shame. It's kind of like the scarlet letter. Her scarlet letter is formerly incarcerated. And wow, it's, it's pretty tough. On the other hand, she has found the grace of God to be able to turn this around and use it to minister and touch others. And I think that's fabulous. Yeah, no doubt. The Her obedience and willingness to move beyond the past, to move beyond the disappointments and the hurts, and then to reach others. Uh, again, I'm just 
enamored by that aspect of, for most of us, the tendency, I'm going to bury that. I'm wanting to not have anything to do with that and just try to shut, keep as much distance from myself from that as possible. But there's that willingness of her heart to be vulnerable to utilize her situation in the past to learn from that and then to help others. And how often have we talked about the fact that we believe, you and I especially believe this, maybe it's because we've experienced so much ourselves, failure can be a gift. And the failure that she had in her life is the very thing that's brought her to this point so that she has an opportunity to turn that around and to realize that God wants to use her in spite of her past and how amazing that she allows him to do that and is able to move forward into a whole new life. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. What an, what an example and inspiration for all of us in that enemy would try to tell us that we're worthless or that we wouldn't amount to anything or that our mistakes would keep us from qualifying for being able to do anything. And God has a completely different plan. Yeah. Jesus, Jesus loves her no more or no less than you or me. Right. And that too, what an amazing thing that is to know that any of our sins separates us from God. All of our sins separates us from God. None of us are more separated than others. And none of us are more loved than another. Yeah. That's pretty cool. We all have a calling. We all have a mission. We all have an opportunity and a responsibility to reach others and not to let our past uh, keep us from doing that. Hey friend, that's our show for today. If you enjoyed the content or would like to hear future podcasts, please follow us or subscribe so you can be notified when new podcasts are released. Until next time, this is Rick Shields. And on behalf of the Doorways Leadership and Influence Network, here's my prayer for you. May you have rest when you need it, strength when you want it, enjoy when you least expect it. Until next time, may the Lord bless you as you follow after him. Thanks for listening.